In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Gospel of today is from uh, Matthew chapter 5, and this Gospel starts with, uh, and Matthew 5, 6, and 7, these three chapters, uh, we read in them the Sermon on the Mountain, and the Sermon on the Mountain starts with the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes, actually, they are eight, and they are explaining our journey to the Kingdom of Heaven. And we notice that the first one, uh, each Beatitude has a reward. We notice that the first one and the last one, the reward is the same. The reward is theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The first one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The last one, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why the first one and the last one is the same reward? Because the first one means the people start their journey toward the kingdom of heaven. The last one, they completed the journey, they accomplished the journey. Now they are in the kingdom of heaven. So let us study these eight Beatitudes because it will help us in our spiritual journey. What are the steps that we need to take step by step in order actually to reach our goal, which is the kingdom of heaven. The first step, blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit mean they don't have virtues. They don't have any good thing in themselves. But actually we expect the Lord to say, blessed are the rich in spirit, not the poor in spirit. What he meant here, blessed are those who discovered their spiritual poverty. That away from God we are poor. We need the grace of God. We need the righteousness of God. We ourselves, we don't have any good in ourselves. That's why we are hungry and thirsty for the righteousness of God. For example, the scribes and the Pharisees, they did not discover their poverty. They were arrogant. They were prideful. That's why they conspired against the Lord Jesus Christ till they actually crucified him. And they did not benefit from his ministry. Who benefited from the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ? The tax collectors, the adulterers, the thief on the cross. Those who discovered their poverty in the spirit and they felt they need the righteousness of God instead of their own righteousness. So, first step, we need to realize and to discover that we are poor in spirit away from the righteousness of God. With this discovery, we put ourselves on the first step toward the journey, toward the kingdom of heaven. That's why he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The second one, blessed are those who mourn, 
for they shall, for they shall be comforted. When we discover the poverty of our spirit, we should develop godly sorrow. As I mentioned yesterday in the six steps of repentance, I said one of these steps is to, to have godly or to develop godly sorrow. When St. Paul sent his second letter to Corinthians, he actually praised them because they developed godly sorrow. If you know the story in the first letter, he rebuked them because they uh, did not take a firm stand against the sinner in Corinth. They encouraged him and they supported him. And St. Paul said, no, that's not right. Don't you know that a small uh, uh, yeast can actually uh, leaven the whole bread? So remove the wicked one from among you. When actually St. Paul took a firm stand, this sinner repented and all the church in Corinth repented. And they developed godly sorrow. And St. Paul told to them, I am not sorry that I made you sorrowful, although I am sorry. Meaning what? Meaning as a father, he didn't want to make his children sorrowful. But actually, this sorrow was very, was very beneficial for them because this godly sorrow led to repentance, as St. Paul said, not to be regretted. So, the second beatitude, blessed are uh, those who mourn. When we discover our poverty in spirit, like Peter, for example, Peter said to the Lord, if all the disciples denied you, I will not deny you. At this moment, Peter did, Peter did not discover his poverty in spirit. He felt that he is better than the rest of the disciples. But when he denied the Lord Jesus Christ three times, he was able to discover his poverty in spirit. What did he do? He wept bitterly. He wept. That is the godly sorrow. That's why the second beatitude, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And here the Holy Spirit will not leave us sorrowful and mourning, but he will comfort us with the consolation of the Holy Spirit. People who did not discover the poverty in spirit, they are arrogant, they are prideful, they feel they are better than the rest of the people. But when actually discover our poverty in spirit, we will be humble, uh, we will be meek. And here comes the third beatitude. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So when actually we discover our poverty in spirit, then we are humble. And this humbleness is very important to receive the grace of God. As we read in the letter of St. Peter and letter of St. James also, God resists the proud, but he gives the grace to the humble. When we humble ourselves, actually we will receive the grace of God. And with the grace of God, we will inherit the earth. Inherit the earth means we will actually be loved with everyone on earth. People don't like the prideful. People in general do not like the arrogant people. 
But when there is a humble person, a meek person, actually everyone uh, loves this person as if he inherited the whole earth because he will have a place in the heart of everyone. So with the discovery of our poverty, with developing the godly sorrow, we'll be humbled, we'll be meek. A meek person likes to serve everyone. A meek person doesn't want to hurt anyone. A meek person put others before him. A meek person think and consider the feeling of others. So he will not be harsh, he will not be uh, hurtful to anyone. In this way, they will inherit the earth. With this discovery, we know that our righteousness is nothing. The righteousness that actually depends on our works is nothing. So we need the righteousness of Christ. We don't need our own righteousness. We need the righteousness of Christ. So we will develop this hunger and thirst for the righteousness of Christ. That's why the fourth one, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. In the letter to Romans, St. Paul compared between Israel, who rejected the Messiah, and the Christians, the believers, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Jews actually were seeking and pursuing righteousness that comes from their own works, relying on their own uh, works and uh, righteous acts. But the believers, they accepted the righteousness of Christ when they accepted him as our savior, as our king, and actually they were baptized, so they were buried with him in the water of baptism, and they are risen with him, and they received the righteousness of Christ as a free gift. When we baptize any person, he actually, with this baptism, he put on the new man. What does it mean, put on the new man? St. Paul said, you put on Christ. Put on Christ means you put on the righteousness of Christ. That's why we dress them in white. And this white symbolizes the righteousness of Christ. And we put this red ribbon like a cross to say it is through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ we received this righteousness as a free gift, as a grace from God. People who are seeking their own righteousness Actually, they failed to attain anything. But people who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and they received his righteousness through the sacraments of the church, actually, they became righteous. And after we are baptized, if we committed any sin through repentance, confession, and communion, we again receive this righteousness again. We wash our garment in the blood of the Lamb and we become righteous again. That's why the Lord in the fourth beatitude said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Which righteousness? The righteousness of God, which we received it as a free gift. But 
how we receive this righteousness? Did we earn it? No, I, I said it's a free gift. We did not earn it. It was given to God, to us because God is rich in his mercy. God is rich in his love. Because of the abundance of his love and the richness of his mercy, we received this righteousness. Understanding the mercy of God toward us, how we, while we were sinners, Jesus died on the cross in order to give us this righteousness. Then understanding this mercy toward us will turn our heart to be merciful toward our brethren. As God is merciful to us, then we will be merciful to one another. As God forgives us our sins, we will forgive those who trespass against us. Here comes the fifth uh, beatitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And I want you to see this cycle. It's a beautiful cycle. Understanding the mercies of God toward me, when I received his righteousness as a free gift, this will make me merciful. And because now I am merciful to others, then I will obtain more mercy. Obtaining more mercy from God actually will make me more merciful toward others, and so on. So, you cannot be merciful toward us unless you understand and you comprehend the mercies of God toward us in giving us his righteousness without actually we do anything to be worthy of his righteousness. See, we commit major sins in our life and then we ask forgiveness and immediately we receive forgiveness and we can partake of his holy body and his blood. Understanding how God forgives us all these sins will make us quick to forgive others and to be merciful to others. <laughs> With this righteousness that we received from Christ, actually it will work in our heart and remove the stony heart, the hardened heart, the heart that's full of stones and thorns, but it will turn this heart into a heart that's merciful toward us, and also heart that is pure and clean. The righteousness means uh, doing the right thing. And when we do the right thing, my heart will be pure. And when my heart will be pure, I will be able to see God. For example, if the windows here, the glass is not pure, is not clean, you cannot see through it. We don't see God and we don't feel his presence in our, in our life because our heart is not pure. But the heart is the eye of the soul. The pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And we know before uh, Christ and before his crucifixion, we were in enmity with God. We were not reconciled because our sins made a veil, a barrier between us 
on God. But with the crucifixion uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, as St. Paul explained in Ephesians chapter 2, he reconciled us together and also he reconciled us with God the Father. This reconciliation, he made peace. The Lord Jesus Christ made peace between the man and his brother and between the man and God. Before, there was enmity between the Jews and the Gentiles. Now, Jews and Gentiles are members in the same body, the body of Christ. So with the righteousness of Christ in my heart, I will turn to be a peacemaker like my Heavenly Father. He is the King of Peace, and He made peace. Then, when I am filled with His righteousness, definitely I will turn into a peacemaker. That's why the seventh one, He said, Blessed are the peacemaker, for they shall be called sons of God. So I want you to understand the journey until now. Number one, we discover our poverty in spirit, so we will develop godly sorrow, we will be humbled. We are hungry for the true righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. And we receive this righteousness not because we are worthy or we earn it. It's because of his mercy. So we will turn to be merciful toward one another. This righteousness purified our heart. Now we can see God. And because now we can see God and we understand how God made peace between us and himself and between us and our brethren, we will turn to be peacemakers and indeed will become the children of God. This righteousness, when we actually received it, we know it is very, very precious gift to acquire this righteousness. That's why we will not compromise it. We will not give it up easily. Even if we are persecuted for this righteousness, even if we are killed and we shed our blood, we will not give up this righteousness. We know this righteousness is the source of our, we obtained mercy, the source of our peace, it is the source of the purity of heart, that now we can see God, so we will not give up this righteousness. That's why the last one, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, even if they want to kill us, because um, to deny Christ and to reject this righteousness that we received from uh, Christ, we actually will welcome this persecution. As St. Stephen actually, uh, the first martyr, uh, he did not reject Christ, but he accepted this right, uh, the, the persecution, and he did not compromise this righteousness. Rather, he prayed for those who were stoning him. And this will end the journey. We, are, we will be persecuted, we will carry our cross for the sake of this righteousness. But as the Lord said, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those who will endure the persecution, they will obtain the kingdom of heaven. As I told you, this uh, uh, beatitude explained to us our journey. And this journey is very important to all of us to understand it because it 
explain where step by step how can actually we inherit the kingdom of God. May the Lord help us to start with the first step. And, and by the way, it is like a spiral. It's not uh, start and end. Yani the discovery of our poverty, actually it goes with us every day in our life. So I don't want you to think about it as it is just we start here, we finish this step, we move to the second step, we finish, we move to the third step. It's not like this. This Each step, actually, we live it every day. But because we live every day with this step, it leads to the second step, third step, and so on. So it's like a spiral, not like a straight line start here and end there. May the Lord help us, actually, to live these eight steps every day in our life in order to receive the heavenly blessings that the Lord promised us in this Sermon of the Mountain. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Was